This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Brought to you by MyPlates.com. Upgrade your license plate at MyPlates.com. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are excited because we've been watching the Race of Champions all weekend. Oh, yeah. Les Kaiser got to go out to the Tornado Texas Tornado Boot Camp with Colin Edwards and gang. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Jonathan Green is down at the Toyota Racing Series in New Zealand, and he claims to have found the next Max Verstappen. So we've got a... But we've still got the old one. We didn't lose him. <laughs> That's a good point. We still have the old one, but... And he's only, what, 21 years old now, or whatever he is. Not even that, but... Yeah, uh, uh, he's younger than that. Anyway, we got a we got an exciting show for you guys tonight, because uh, there has been a lot going on for the offseason. And uh, this is John Massengill. That's Les Cowsey. You heard on the other side. And we are going to try to bring in Jonathan Green. Do we have Mr. Green live from New Zealand? Good morning. <laughs> well, that's right. He is a few hours earlier than we are. <laughs> it's uh, Or later. It's, uh, you know, it's tomorrow where he is. It's exactly. It's Monday afternoon there, right, Jonathan? Dude, I've been living in the future for a long time now. <laughs> and yet we're still not winning the lottery. <laughs> uh, well, we're, Jonathan, we're fired up because I know that you had uh, you've had a blast down there, calling the race, the Toyota Racing Series down there, and and of course we've been up here watching the Toyota Racing Series all weekend long. And there's Formula One news. Uh, there, there's a ton of stuff going on, believe it or not. And so, uh, but I want to jump in and and uh, I want to get your. I want to hear what you're saying about this this new young man that's what 16 years old that you're saying is is now the next Max Verstappen. Uh, it's it's incredible. I mean, you know, he, he shows up. He's Dutch. He's tall, and uh, you know, he's dressed the same as as Max Verstappen. He's got exactly the same car color as Max Verstappen and the Red Bull logo there. And so the parallels were bound to be there before we even met the guy. But now I've seen him race, I'm, I'm absolutely stunned because he has that typical Dutch coolness. Um, he, all through the weekend, he was almost jibbing me about how he wanted to see some wet weather because he likes wet racing in the wet. And I always think when drivers say that, they're kind of like trying to convince themselves. But it rained like, like you wouldn't believe. Cats and dogs down here, we wouldn't believe it was summer. And he just strode out in the third race. And he won it by 10 seconds, and it was sheet rain, Texas rain almost. And he was a, almost a second quicker than his challengers who were going off on the, off into the grass and into the gravel and, and, and going off track, whereas he stayed on. And it was an immaculate performance. Um, and, he, and he really led the, the championship going into this round, and uh, he's, now, he's now got a, a very strong lead going to the halfway point. Well, so, Jonathan, this young gentleman, his name is Richard Vershoor. Am I saying that right? 
Correct. It's Richard Shaw. He's from, um, uh, like I said, he's from Anaheim in, in Holland. And um, um, great kid, very tall. Um, I think it's more likely, actually, that uh, given he's only turned 16 a month ago. So December 16th, he turned 16, which makes him eligible for the Toyota Racing Series. So he only just squeaked in here by a month. Um, but he's still growing, and I think that's a concern because um, he's already pretty tall already. So he might end up being a wet driver uh, if he gets too tall for Formula One, but he's certainly got the talent. Um, I mean, and, and the thing about the Toyota Racing Series now is that, yes, it's a series held in the, the New Zealand summer and therefore the Northern Hemisphere's winter, um, but now it attracts the very best. And like I said, the two Formula One teams in Ferrari and... and um, Sahara Force Inda also represented. So these are their best drivers. And, you know, we've got a junior world car champion. We've got Shelby Blackstock from uh, Indy, Indy Lights. I mean, these are not guys that, um, you know, just making up numbers. These are very, very accomplished racing drivers. So we've got the cream of the crop here. Uh, and just like last year with Lando Norris and the year before with Lance Stroll, and we all know what happened to him, um, you know, uh, he's racing against the best in his class, and he's he's literally younger than all of them. So it's pretty impressive, to say the least. And in actual fact, Red Bull, the story goes, Red Bull signed him after his first race in Russia, uh, and he didn't actually have that good a weekend. He went on to win 17 of the 20 races, so I think they made the right decision. Um, and, you know, the future's looking amazingly bright. I expect him to go into probably Formula Renault um, next year, um, but he's still so young. He's got so much time. So, yeah, anyway, on the, on, the, on the balance of things so far, he has shone. He stood out so far. Now, there are others. Thomas Randall from Australia is having a good season. Um, there's a more experienced Pedro Piquet. He won a race this weekend. Obviously, the grandson of Nelson Piquet. Uh, sorry, the, the, the son of Nelson Piquet. And um, he is going good, too. But um, at the moment, it's definitely this kid, Richard Bashaw. Well, I know that's just uh, exciting because we uh, we every year we get to see who's coming out of there because we we feel like that is a, it could be a preview of who's the next up and comer in Formula One hey. or okay it could be the next Pippo Durrani. Yeah, that, exactly. this is what I like about that series, folks, and it's because Jonathan gets down there. It's almost like peeking behind the curtain to see who's going to come on the big stage next, and uh, you know we've seen that several times. Yeah, no question. And I mean, the thing is, they also race. It's very intense because they do three races a weekend and then they race five weekends in a row. So by the time we get to the what's called the New Zealand Grand Prix, which is the only uh, Grand Prix other than the Macau Grand Prix to be named a Grand Prix outside of Formula One, um, which is the biggest event, of course, in New Zealand, motorsport, um, they've done 3,000 kilometers uh, of racing in that short period and that is equal to a full season of Formula 3 or Formula Renault or uh, GP2 or whatever you want to you know it it basically classifies in terms of race miles uh, and kilometers as a full season so they are definitely getting honed in and they've got a lot of practice sessions and so on and so forth so uh, in terms of someone like Shelby Blackstock who we got to know as well this weekend you know it's a great opportunity to I mean he's stepping down a level because the IndyCar uh, the Indy Lights cars are probably um, quicker, um, and so and, and have less, uh, have more grip. So he, he's stepping down. But 
he wants to challenge himself. And we've also got uh, Corey Enders uh, from Houston, Texas, uh, who is a speed group boy, as you know. Uh, he's doing very well, too, and improved a lot, although he flipped the car over the weekend, so we'll get some pictures of that to you. Um, but he's okay. Um, but he's improving, and that's what this is all about. So it's, it's, it's a lot of intense uh, education, if you will. And it's the same for the engineers. The engineers, uh, for example, the engineer um, of... Um, uh, Thomas Randall looked after Daniel Kvyat and Carlos Sanz Jr. So the best engineers are also here in terms of uh, educating these youngsters how to how to interact with a race car. That's a good point because not only are they getting uh, they're getting all this seat time in in, in open wheel cars, but they're getting exposed to like you said the, the engineers, the whole system of all uh, of you know high level racing, and all these young guys are getting exposed to. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, there's another name I want to mention who is actually uh, competing in his second year here, and his name is Cami Lalibete. Uh, and if you know that name, it's because the Lalibete was the man who uh, invented the Cirque du Soleil. So as you can imagine, he's made a fair bit of money doing that. And um, therefore, his son's going racing, and he's a big friend of Lance Stroll. They're both Canadians. And in fact, he learned to go-kart at Lance, Lance Stroll's uh, home, and, and now will be going to kind of cheer on his mate in Formula One, but he's racing here. Got a couple of uh, top six finishes uh, this weekend, and he's another one that is really gained uh, by coming down here. Um, and so, I, yeah, there's just some really nice stories at the moment, um, and I still don't think this championship's far from over. We've got the junior world car champion, um, a, a British guy called NM Ahmed, um, and he is very quick too. Um, and it's, like I said, we've had one weekend of pretty much sunshine in Christchurch and then it was pretty appalling in terms of weather anyway uh, down in Teratonga but the racing was great so this weekend we're back in Auckland at uh, the Hampton Downs circuit um, and that's probably one of the favourite circuits for all the drivers it's, uh, it's a tricky tight circuit but um, I think getting to the halfway point we're probably going to see the best racing of the year so far very cool. Well, all right. Well, Jonathan, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about the uh, – we're going to jump right into the race of champions because it was uh, it was on uh, Motor Trend On Demand. They had some of it on CBS Sports Network. And I spent all weekend watching that. I don't know how much you got to see less, but uh, it was really it was really fun to watch this again this year. And it's great having it in the United States in Miami. And so well, we're going to talk about that. And later in the show, we're going to talk about some Formula One stories. There's some things going on there. Uh, some things that we led into last week about Liberty Media and such. So uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be back after these messages. And if you want to call in, the number is 512-643-LIVE. And back after the short break. Seven Chevy, a Rembrandt painting, the little black dress. When you're a classic, you never go out of style. And now, MyPlates.com proudly announces the return of the classic black Texas license plate for the first time since 1968, featuring a cooler, timeless look and a bolder style. Visit MyPlates.com today to order this legendary classic black Texas license plate for your car or truck. Classic black is back at MyPlates.com. 
Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at MotoAustin.com. There's nothing like getting on a motorcycle and exploring the hill country for the day. What about taking that bucket list ride of a lifetime to some far-off destination or event? We're here to tell you that you don't have to own a motorcycle because with Lone Star Moto Rentals, you can rent a Ducati, BMW, KTM, or other premium motorcycles. Visit LoneStarMotoRentals.com. That's LoneStarMotoRentals.com. And come ride. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. We are fired up, having a good time on the show tonight, but we got a caller who called in over the break, and this gentleman got to go to the Race of Champions out in Miami. Uh, Kevin, thanks for calling to Speed City. How's it going? I know it's good. Uh, good evening to you. I'm here in a very busy Fort Lauderdale airport. A lot of flights jammed up tonight, but uh, very enjoyable weekend of Race of Champions. Well, you're from Austin, aren't you? That's right, yes. Well, awesome. So you're trying to get back home, but uh, I got to I got to get your impressions. Uh, is this uh, is this the first time you've been to a race of champions? Yes, it is. I've I've uh, for a long time seen it when it first started out way back in I think it was Tenerife by Michel Mouton. I'm originally from England, so I I followed that for a long time. So it was great to see it here in the U.S. I think it was a big success for them here, and it was a nice crowd. It didn't look too big on the TV, I don't think, but there was certainly a, quite a few people there. Well, that, that's a big stadium. It's hard to fill that. But, yeah, you know what? I It looked like that all the drivers had a blast. I mean, and there were several of them commenting on the television broadcast about how this was, how Miami was a great setting and that the fans were awesome. I think it was a great success having it here in the States. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think you could tell they were having a lot of fun with it uh, from the what they were doing on the screens, on the track. I mean, to see... Well, the different types of cars and the sound, you know, they closed the roof on the stadium and the sound was just incredible, particularly when the NASCARs were going around. And certainly the fans, I think, you know, having the, um, a lot of Latino folks there, you know, really helped the, the party atmosphere and uh, it was really good. And they really played to the crowd. It was great. Um, and it sure looked like it. It sure looked like the crowd and the drivers were having a blast. But all right, so who are you rooting for today? Well, I'm English, so is Jensen Button, but I have to say Sebastian Vettel did a fantastic job throughout today, just nonstop driving. He was grinning from ear to ear. 
Yeah, you know what? I was watching Jensen Button, though. He looked like he was... He's just at that spot in his career where it's just... It, everything is so much fun for him. I think he's, you know, he's proven all he needs to prove. I know these guys were all competitive, but but Jensen really looked relaxed and like looked like he was having a lot of fun, and he did pretty good today. Yeah, he sure did. I, I mean, I think it was as well. I mean, the opportunity to see some of the greats, you know, Tom Christensen, wow, you know, that guy, he could drive. I mean, you saw some of those cars, you know, how hard they were to drive and the little slingshot. The three-wheelers were even harder, I think, as we saw yesterday with the, the wreck, which thankfully everybody came out from okay. Yeah. But you, they were sliding around everywhere. and uh, But no, I mean, to see the, the class of that field in, in one place was tremendous. Yeah, that's true. Having Christensen there with Mr. Lamont and uh, and David Coulthard and, and really some incredible names. Um, of course, we had Felipe Massa, uh, F1 well represented, and uh, and you know all the different countries. It was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it sure was. I mean, it was nice for Felipe Massa. You know, he's retired, come back from retirement. He's out driving again. So I think you know that was it was great. You know, he was playing to the crowd. Uh, a lot of the F1 drivers, you know, certainly were. David Coulthard, you know, he's kind of like the team leader, rearing them up, getting them going. Um, the American drivers doing great. Scott Speed, you know, I remember seeing him as a young driver back in F1. Um, and uh, Pastrana, you know, all of these guys. Petter Solberg, the rally drivers. Yeah. All of them, just fantastic to, to see them driving in all these different types of cars. You know, they jump in a NASCAR and they do a great job. I think it really just goes to show what great drivers they, they all are. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it really kind of surprised me that, uh, that you had all these different drivers and, and nobody was really, I mean, Vettel was dominant today, but throughout the weekend, you had NASCAR drivers doing well, rally car drivers doing well. It was, it was pretty cool. But, uh, well, Kevin, thanks a lot for calling in. I got to ask you before we let you go, uh, you, uh, you are from Austin. Have you been out to the, to circuit of the Americas a bunch? Have you seen a bunch of events? Oh, I've been to every single event there. I'm a PSL holder. You know, when I, Moved to, moved over to Austin, and I heard they were doing that. It was like a dream come true because back in England, I lived not far from Silverstone. And when I was way much younger, I worked. I was a track worker out Silverstone for many years, so I'm a long time motor racing fan. Oh, that's so awesome! You're kind of like our buddy Jonathan Green here, who uh, who moved to Austin, and then shortly thereafter, the track decided to 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 show up here too. So that's awesome. Well, well, Kevin, thanks so much for uh, for calling into Speed City, and uh, have a good flight back to Austin. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the some of the stories this weekend, um, the Bush brothers, they were they had a fantastic weekend <laughs> at the race champions. But really, one of my favorite things, I was just looking at all the different cars, too. You know, most of these cars are around, depending on the rally car or the crossbow. You know, I was I was actually very skeptical of the three wheel car because I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm. If that's the Polaris slingshot, right? And it's like uh, it's about two hundred horsepower, and eighteen or seventeen hundred and fifty pounds. And I was I wasn't sure of the dynamics of that. You know, I'm thinking, okay, two wheels works one way, four wheels, but the three wheel car. But I was astounded. It yeah, looks great. They look really good. Yeah, I, I talked to, uh, I ran into a couple of the enthusiasts out on a Hill Country cruise here from Austin, and I've been invited out with them, but haven't got there yet. I'm really curious because they, after what we saw this weekend, I want to ride in one, and I want to push it through a curve and see 
you know, mentally I'm thinking, okay, the front end's going to make the turn just fine, but the back end's going to be sliding out or yeah, something. that's what you'd expect. But it, it doesn't really look like that's what's happening. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was pretty cool, and and uh, of course there was that Pascal Erline. Did you see his big crash, man? That was a, that was downright scary. Yeah, it was and, and very un race of champions like. I mean, you usually don't see anything nearly so dramatic there. You know, they'll smack a wall or kind of cr- cross up together, but uh, that was truly scary. But again, another testament to the safety and all the equipment, everything that's in place, and, and the way they set it up. Everybody walked away. Everybody was good to go. Well, there's a bunch of stories. Obviously, one Juan Pablo Montoya uh, won on Saturday the actual race of champions race, not the oh uh, yeah, the, and and that's so great to see him. I mean, if you just look at his career, it's not surprising, but uh, he's such a humble guy too. Yeah, he's a nice guy in the paddock. If you ever are you know going through one of the paddocks and and you see him, he is one of those guys that will shake hands with you, give you an autograph, get a picture. He will definitely stop for the kids. In fact, a lot of times he has his son with him. Yeah, and in the final, he was against Christensen. You know, that's just what that's what the race of championship course is all about. But let's see if we still got Jonathan Green still connected. We, uh, we couldn't connect him and the caller at the same time. Jonathan, are you still around there, buddy? Yeah, I'm right here. So uh, that I don't know if you got to hear that caller. He's uh, he's his story kind of mimicked yours, uh, living in, Lind- in in London, then moving uh, moving to Austin, and then the then Formula One track opening right after that. Oh wow! No, I didn't hear the caller. So, what what was his story? Uh, he was just he was out in Miami at the you know he lives in Austin, so he listened to the show here in Austin. But he was out in Miami in the airport waiting to leave, and he was listening to the show, and he called in because he was out at the uh, the race of champions. But uh, but hey, Jonathan, we have that interview all queued up for you. Uh, your your Richard Versure interview that you did uh, a couple days ago. When you want to set that up for us? Yeah, sure. Um, and we all we're all joking because it's for sure because you know how the Dutch they always say for sure for sure. So <laughs> we're now calling him for sure for sure. You know, but he's quite a quite a funny guy. Every time we do an interview with him, he he he, he looks into the camera and adjusts his cap as though he's like you know he's though he's a Paul Newman or something. He's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and um, like I said, he he's come out of nowhere in many ways because he's only just starting. He's 16 years of age, um, and he's going to tell us how Red Bull effectively picked him up, which was in Sochi in Russia. Uh, and now, like I said, he's part of the junior team, and he will probably be attending some of the races uh, next year's Formula One to learn how Max does his tricks. And, of course, Max Verstappen is definitely one of his heroes, and he didn't race against him because he was a couple of years below him. Um, but, like I said, he is the next exponent from Red Bull. He's Dutch, and he's chasing Max Verstappen hard. So it's Richard Bashore. Don't forget the name. All right, let's hear this interview with Richard. Well, of course, I'm really excited. Um, I think it's it's one of the best opportunities uh, to at the end get there. And uh, it started in Sochi, my first uh, car race, actually, my Formula race. Um, I won the first race, and after um, I had quite a good second race, but I crashed um, yeah, by an overtake. But I think at the end I had a good, um, had a good race, and then like they called me to, uh, to get a chat with them. And um, yeah, that's how it started, actually. It must have been a bit of a surprise, though, when suddenly, you know, uh, a very 
very famous team and one that represents a Dutchman now these days um, comes to you. Were you surprised that they didn't sort of wait a season to see how you got on? Well, I think double because I crashed the last race, so you're yeah, really upset and you know you don't expect something like that. And then at, at the end, it's also Red Bull, and it was almost always my dream to get there. And so I was really happy at the end, but still a bit upset about the race, of course. What does it mean to be a junior driver? What, uh, if you like, responsibilities? Obviously, you wear the colours, but what, what in terms of your mind, will this uh, responsibility be? Well, it's, it's a very good partner. Um, they support me in a lot of things, like I get a lot of simulator training mentally and physically as well. And yeah, at the end, they are a good partner. And of course, also for my name, I think it's really good. So in terms of looking ahead after the Toyota Racing Series season, what are you going to be doing with Red Bull specifically? Or do you know yet? Well, I know yet, but I cannot tell yet. Um, I think for sure it's going to be nice. Um, they will support me again with simulator physically and mentally training. So they do as much as they can. And yeah, I think it's good today. They support me. Well, we know that the Dutch fans of racing are huge. What's it like wearing these colours, knowing what Max Verstappen, who's just stepped into Formula 1 and become a sensation almost overnight, how does that make you feel? And is it a target? Or are you are you happy to be, if you like, wearing the same colours? Oh, of course. Um, he's like a big hero everywhere, and especially in Holland, of course. And, of course, I try to chase him. Um, but, yeah, he's done a great job. And, yeah, I will, I will try my best, but it's going to be hard for sure. Tell me about your racing background. How did you first get an income that you wanted to do motorsport? How old were you? I was nine, and then my father came home with the go-kart. Um, yeah, we actually started because he was always working, and I never saw him a lot. So, yeah, we started to be more together and have some fun together. And then we saw it went better and better, and we went to higher classes, and, you know, it gets better. And at the end, we are here now. How about that karting career? Because you're quite a tall fellow. Were you always this tall in terms of when you started karting, or was it harder and harder to kart as you got taller? Well, as I got taller, it went harder, of course. Um, especially like last year, um, I went a bit taller, and uh, I'm quite tall now, yeah. But before, I didn't have any problems with karting. So what is the idea of the next five weeks? What are you hoping to achieve in terms of getting uh, your head around this series and r racing internationally against this very tough field? Yeah, for sure it's very tough. A lot of experienced driver with already some have three years already in this championship. Um, well, yeah, of course the the best thing to do here is learn. Um, you cannot expect to win every race or to win. Um, but of course we will try and I will do my best to do. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay, Jonathan, I got to ask you, you guys keep talking about how tall this guy is. How tall is he? Is he like seven feet tall? <laughs> no, he's not, but he's, uh, he's already six foot, I would have said. Um, and, um, you know, he's quite gangly and quite thin. And, um, you know, he's a waif of a guy. Um, but he's he's only 16, so you've got to presume he's going to grow a little bit more. <laughs> um, <laughs> True. But, uh, he's, still, he's still, if he doesn't grow any more, he, he'd be fine for Formula One. But I think once you get past six foot, you're starting to worry. Yeah, how tall was, how tall is Mark Weber? He need like 6'1", maybe, something yeah, like that? Yeah, Mark Weber was over six foot, yeah. Well, hey, Jonathan, I'm going to... And keep... the only other tall one was Gerhard Berger, really tall, and they had to adjust his McLaren when they when they put him in the car. But, uh, nah, he can do it. Yeah. Well, I uh, we're going to keep an eye on this guy, Richard, for sure, for sure, and uh, we will. Uh, and but I want to I want to shift gears a little bit. We got a couple minutes before the break, but um, I want to talk some Formula One because last week, obviously, we had the 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 shareholders vote for Liberty Media, and I want to I want to ask you, what do you think is going to happen with Bernie Ecclestone? 
I mean, there's rumors now that he may be stepping down, probably not completely out, but stepping down to a much reduced role. What do you think? Um, I think it makes sense because, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Bernie, you know, all roads lead to Bernie. He is the empresario. He is the ringleader and of, of the circus that is Formula One. And frankly, the success and the money and the the whole uh, unbelievable sport is, is partly his creation. Certainly the television side of it and, um, you know, what you see on screen today and the deals that are in place with both the circuits um, and how the money is dispensed between the teams um, and so on and so forth. And it's a model that's worked since the 70s. But I think that, you know, time has moved on and I think that it, it, it seems to make sense that somebody like me, that's why I was excited to hear Liberty Media was, was there was always going to be somebody buying it, the man's 85, so he can't go on forever. Um, but I, I, I'm excited that a media company is getting involved because I think that's the side of it um, that is, is missing. I think Formula One is a great sport. I think they took it with the rules too much. Um, I still don't think they've got it right yet. I think they're going in the right direction. And I think a lot of the times, because it's a chase of technology and, uh, and you've got the, the world's greatest uh, aerodynamicists and almost rocket scientists, um, it can get lost sometimes in terms of the sport. Uh, and being a part of the media, as we are, and, and I have been for a while, I think sometimes Formula One isn't sometimes the best representative of motorsport. And I hope that uh, there's a lesson learned from what NASCAR and what IndyCar do and what other sports do. And I think Liberty Media are in a position, given that they've got lots of different enterprises that they're involved in, and they understand media. And I think that's the marketing and media side of Formula One is what needs to move forward. And I'm hoping that that will happen. Do I think that they should just push Bernie aside? No, I don't, because there's so many big deals. I mean, countries depend on the deals that he's done, from Malaysia to Shanghai and even to Austin, Texas. Um, so I think I think it should be a gradual release of power um, with keeping the, 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 the sort of the, the, the agreements that are in place now should stay in place, and there should be a gradual secession, I think. That's my, that would be my hope because Formula One would be pretty rocky if, if Bernie just disappeared tomorrow. I think you're right. I think you're dead on, and uh, I think that that's, that's probably what's going to happen. Well, hey, we need to take a break, Jonathan. So uh, hang tight over there in New Zealand, and we'll be back after this. We're gonna, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk some more Formula One, and then later in the show, we're going to have an interview with Garrett Gerloff that Les Kaiser did with, uh, with, oh, this, yeah. with the champion from Number last one. year. Back after these messages, listen to Speed City live from Austin. Hey. I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. 
With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Want to drive your car at speed on Circuit of the Americas? Edge Addicts is your source for more Coda events and more Coda track time. Whether you're looking to host your own event or just be a part of the action, Edge Addicts can get you in the driver's seat and racing like a pro. All levels of drivers and all types of cars are welcome, with instructors available for first-time and novice drivers. Life is short, and adventure is around every corner. So plan your high-adrenaline experience with Edge Addicts at edgeaddicts.com. Edge Addicts, it's better when you're driving. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Since the presidential salary isn't being used... I'm accepting no salary, okay? That's not a big deal for me. Why not take a page from the Liberals' playbook and redistribute the wealth to you? It's the $1,000 presidential payoff on Talk 1370. Listen for your handout. Weekdays at 7 a.m., 11 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. Do you want to make more money? One randomly selected national entry wins $1,000 every time we play. The $1,000 presidential payoff. Weekdays on Talk 1370. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hey, I'm Tanner Faust, one of the hosts of Top Gear, and thanks for listening to Speed City. Tanner Faust, you know what? I thought about him today when the rally cars are going around. I thought he might have been... uh, a candidate for the race of champions drivers? I don't know. You know, he could be, but uh, I don't know. Here lately, uh, he kind of ebbs and flow with how much yeah. TV time he gets. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we were talking. Talented. Uh, we were talking Formula One before we went to the break, and we had a caller call in and wants to talk some Formula One. We got Daniel on the line. Hey, Daniel, welcome to Speed City. How are you doing? We're doing great. How are you, sir? Oh, great. Just uh, we're going to be over ready to get going here. I'm ready for some Formula One. <laughs> well, we got we got a little more time, but, uh, you know, you, we were just talking about uh, Bernie Ecclestone and Liberty Media. What's on your mind about Formula One tonight? Well, uh, back, back to what you're saying about Bernie. I think, what, I think it's going to be him gradually stepping out. That's great. But I think that this Liberty takeover, I think they need to do a really aggressive marketing strategy in the United States. Because it's very evident that Bernie, while he built a great racing empire, the struggle has been that he has not shown enough interest in the United States. As a matter of fact, I don't. He's if he would is this. He just doesn't like the United States overall. All his focus has been in Europe and pretty much everywhere else in the world. And I think Liberty, being uh, an American-based company, they have a strategy that they're going to have multiple races within the United States. And I think that's going to create that foundation for more Americans getting into the sport. Because when I was at Coda two years ago, my whole hotel was full of people from uh, Brazil and uh, England and everywhere else in the world. And I felt like the only American in the hotel that, that day. Hmm. So how many races have you been to? Have you been, uh, did you say you were from Texas? Yes, I'm from Dallas. Have you been to, uh, how many races have you been to, the Formula One races here in Austin? 
I went to that rainy one, not not this. Oh one, wow! The one before that. So, but it's pretty clear that hotels fill up and they're full of the flags, and it's just race fans only for the entire weekend. Well, yeah, obviously, I mean, you can't blame Bernie for focusing on the rest of the world because obviously that's where they've they've got their audience built and the revenues coming in from there. But to to your point is that. Uh, and Jonathan has said this so many times, is that they want the United States and they want the revenues right. that come from here. They want, you know, that we're the, the, the largest car audience like Mercedes-Benz. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I got to ask Daniel, if we're going to add a second race, would it be a street race? And if yes, where will it, would you say it should be? Oh, I think that the most sensible place to do it would be Vegas. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I like Vegas that. Vegas street race. You, Great international. You use the Sunset Strip, block off a few streets, and then put a few curves in. I think that would be great. I'm with you. None of these parking lot races like they tried that one time. You know, I'm with you. I like that as a great destination. The other one uh, you've probably heard me say is let's fire up Detroit. Let, let's just absolutely <laughs> take F1 right onto the American Motor City scene and uh, – maybe antagonize them into getting into the sport. I think that would that would be that would uh, fit right in with my aggressive strategy for getting the United States into the sport. All right, so uh, Chase Carrier, you're listening. We got Daniel. Let's let's get him in with you. <laughs> hey, so Daniel, uh, what do you think about uh, Haas F1's performance this year? Being an, a, an American, uh, a fan of a, a Formula One, what do you think about Haas? Oh, I, I think they, it's incredible performance, given the fact that they came in as a brand new team and immediately became a midfielder and have stayed there. They were able to get well into the and just being that far up the grid. That new, uh, I, I I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in, in global motorsports. Yeah, it was pretty. I think Gene Haas needs to be proud of his team. Yeah, I had, I think Absolutely. that's that is well, I think we can all agree on that. So, um I got to ask it before you go. I I saw you tweeted at us and I saw a, a handful of your tweets and you were pretty excited about uh Botas going to Mercedes. What do you think about that? I think that's that's a great strategy considering his link to link in to Mercedes first of all, but he I think he's a, the most level one of the most level-headed drivers on the grid right now. And I think that's what Mercedes because they're, they're the top team, they need a, a strong professional level head to balance out Lewis. It's just all over the place. And while he's a fantastic driver, I think Botox will complement Lewis well and minimize the drama so we can get, get back to racing. And that's hoping what 2017 is going to bring. Well, before we let you go, Daniel, I appreciate you listening to Speed City and calling in. What What do you want us to be focused on this year? You know, we got 2017, we got Formula One ahead. Anything you want us to be talking about and following this year? Everything we've been doing for the last five minutes. <laughs> Formula One. Formula One. I'm, a, I'm an all Formula One guy. So <laughs> the, more, the more we talk about Formula One, I'm, that gets me fired up. All righty. <laughs> Love it. Well, Daniel, Season won't be long away now. <laughs> That's right. Daniel, thanks a lot for calling in. I appreciate it. And keep interacting with us on Twitter. You got it. All righty. Thanks, buddy. That is cool. That is exactly what we want to hear in folks that are paying attention to the American scene of F1, thinking ahead, not just what happened this season, what may happen in 17. I love his thoughts about being aggressive with marketing. Yeah, let's throw it right in the 
in the heartland of America, whether it's Las Vegas or it's Detroit. Let's uh, get in your face with F1. <laughs> well, I think we still have Mr. Green on the line. He can't talk when we got a caller because he's calling in from New Zealand. Mr. Green, I want to ask you, um, I, I was watching the Race of Champions this weekend and noticing a lot of the guys, like Kurt Busch, for example, he specifically called out. He was like, "I want to, I want to compete with the F1 guys," and they did. the The NASCAR boys did a great job against uh, against F1. But, but Jonathan, you know, you've watched these over the years. Uh, as as are the F1 guys always have the target on their back? Yeah, I think they do. And I also think um, the Americans. Uh, I, I've done many of the race of champions um, back when it was in, well, back when it was at Bertie in, in Europe, and I did Wembley. Uh, when it was in London and you know back then we had like Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson and it's funny because uh, I I always feel that there's a snobbery because Formula One has kind of got that uh, oh well they're the best drivers in the world and of course the Americans show up and I mean you just look at the American team this year you got an Indy 500 winner you got Kyle Busch you got all these guys and obviously, the truth of the matter is, Scott Speed included, you know, the Americans have just as much talent as any of these guys, especially when you start breaking it down and put them in different cars. So, you know, uh, I, you know I've got no question about it. There's the, the race of champions for me has always been a leveling field, if you will. And But the best guys come to the top, and that's why Vettel and, and again, Solberg, did what they did because they do they they know exactly what they're doing and it doesn't surprise me that Scott Speed was you know was was up against Solberg in the final but um no I love it I love it every year and I think it's always good bragging rights between between the Nations Cup that's the best one yeah and uh, having it in Miami here I I think uh, watching the drivers and everybody I think that this was a huge success and I think that. Uh, I think that they would uh, not hesitate to have it uh, here in the United States again. And the format in the stadium worked great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having it in Miami was also a good idea. You know, I mean, I don't know which courses your caller uh, was saying or where where to have it, but Miami is is a great hotbed for international motorsport because of such a a, a group of uh, travelers from Europe because it's obviously the easiest point for Europeans to go to. And, of course, so many go to Disney World and to Florida for holidays. So it's a great destination internationally. And if you had a Grand Prix and now the Race of Champions, I think it would be very easy to hold it in Miami or anywhere in Florida, to be honest. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think it, I think it's deserved that it's here, and I think America can put a different spin on it. And I think again, it's something that uh, uh, Stefan Johansson, who um, organises the Race of Champions, will look carefully now. What what kind of I mean, I don't know what kind of feedback they got here in the states, but the fact that it was on Motor Trend on Demand and the fact that it was on CBS shows that there is interest. And like I said, I think the fact that it was as close as it was makes it, you know, a really, really inter- entertainment. I mean, look look at Supercross. Look how successful Supercross has been. And it's the same kind of format. It's in a stadium and, you know, you've, you've got a captive audience. And it's a great event. So, you know, I think that there's room for more events like this. But the Race of Champions is definitely the ultimate. Yeah, I was watching uh, Alexander Rossi in particular this weekend. He had a kind of up and down weekend he uh he was fast for sure and he he got beat by kurt bush uh just barely and kurt bush it looked to me like he jumped the start 
And Rossi said he even admitted it to him, but I thought that was pretty cool. But but Rossi looked good this weekend, and I was glad to see him as part of this whole uh, race of champions. But, hey, guys, we need to go ahead and take another break. But in this last segment, we're going to talk – we're going to let Les Kaiser talk about the the trip to the Texas Tornado Boot Camp that he made with Colin Edwards and the gang and the interview that he did with Garrett Gerloff out there. And we'll have that after the break. This is Speed City Live from Austin, Texas, back in a couple of minutes. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and the new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Hey, Austin, wake up and fly right on Talk 1370. Hi, I'm Wayne Rainey, and you're listening to Speed City. Nice job by the producers picking Wayne Rainey. Hey, a good relationship there. As we, uh, as we pivot, as they like to say these days, into a little motorcycle talk. Because, as usual, Les Kaiser got off the sofa this weekend and got out and uh, and got on either two or four wheels and went down to the Texas Tornado Boot Camp and hung out with Colin and the boys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was fun. Uh, I didn't get on two wheels this weekend, but... Uh took out and you know a uh, one of the friends that I've I've got that you know met through the motorsport stuff is a longtime patriarch if you will of motocross in Texas and uh Jack Hicks jumped in the car with me we blasted over there he's been wanting to go see Collins facility and play with that and so uh, if you've been around motocross in Texas dating back into the 60s and 70s and early 80s Jack Hicks is probably buried somewhere in your memory so great time hearing the the stories of years gone by on that but so we get over there have a great time running the Mad Dog series and the Dirt Wars and uh, just a quick refresh, Dirt Wars is where you show up and you use some of the fleet bikes from the boot camp. So everybody's on the same bike. It's equipped the same way. It's tuned. Everything is as close to the same as possible. And so imagine a spec series and it's uh, flat track dirt road racing is basically what it is on these bikes. Total blast. There were folks that came from as far as Florida for this event. 
and it is so much fun and so uh really had a great time seeing the names we know and uh meeting quite a few others uh did any uh did any big names actually get out there and race and compete with some of the guests uh, you know uh Shay Fushek is lame right now. Good luck, buddy, on uh, getting that ACL put back together. Uh, Joe P., we know uh, Joe from uh, winning Pikes Peak and coming close a few more times. He was there. Mike Myers was uh, strong as well as he was kind of getting beat up by his son, Taylor. (laughs) Uh, Taylor's doing really well. But, uh, yeah, there's a whole mix mash of names that you'll know, you know, through CM, right? CMRA, a few others. Uh, John Hayner was out there whooping up on those bikes. And, ah, it, it's just a great, fun series to go see. And so I really encourage them. But, uh, you know, the thing we've talked about before, you never know who's going to walk in the door. So we're all kind of hanging out, looking at uh, Super Motocross, uh, Supercross last night. And uh, who should come walking in but Garrett Gerloff? It was so cool because he was just laid back. He wasn't looking for attention. He came in and said hey to a couple of us and sat down, and he was just taking it easy. And so uh, I started asking him, I said, well, have you been on the 17 bike yet? And he goes, well, sort of. He goes, but uh, started going into it. I said, wait a minute. Can we share this information? He goes, interview? And I said, yeah, let's go. So, hey, folks, we're all getting anxious for the kickoff of racing season. And certainly, uh, Moto America, we've been so excited to see, you know, what we described as a fractured motorcycle racing groups all around the United States come together in the form of Moto America. Wayne Rainey and all of the crew there have really put together a neat team. They've got uh, the Crave team that is putting things together, really drawn a conduit. And we've got some great great riders and uh you can't uh, talk about the first couple of years of moto america without garrett gerloff and uh here we are at the boot camp and uh who walks in with a quite a bit of swagger deservedly so with the number one but garrett garrett welcome back to speed city <laughs> thanks for having me good to see you hey so uh what have you been doing since the end of the season besides polishing that number one Man, I mean, that's actually probably one of the last things I've been thinking about. I've uh, I've been all over the map. I was, like, in California a little bit, Florida, Georgia, uh, back back here, you know, at the boot camp, riding the, the turn track they have back there. Um, really just trying to kind of relax a little bit after the, the first first month or so after uh, New Jersey, just kind of take a breather and kind of re- regroup and, and uh, think about the year and kind of think about what I want to do better for next year and, and just, uh, you know, try not to – Try not to get too comfortable. I always want to keep improving and everything. And so, uh, yeah, just relaxed and thought about a lot of stuff and got a game plan for next year. And, and since probably uh, like like November or something, I've been trying to uh, like put that plan to, put that plan to action. And uh, so far, it's been been going good. And, and uh, yeah, I just can't wait to keep Well, I'm, I'm teasing about the swagger. You've earned it, but you never show it. You're always <laughs> yeah, a very, very reasonable guy. This is great, though. So uh, tell us about some of the differences you're doing yourself. What are you doing? yourself for training you haven't been on a bike a whole lot you were saying earlier yeah i know i uh been off a bike uh really just kind of just i don't know it's kind of hard to explain like uh hadn't been riding just been just been doing like personal stuff for me and uh having fun with friends and just kind of like i don't get to do that too much during the season so right now i try to to enjoy or at least before 2017 started trying to enjoy just like being with uh my family my friends and people close to me and um then after that like trying to 
uh, trying to get back into riding. Obviously, it's important. Uh, I just had my first test like a week ago, and so that that felt really good to to be on a road race bike again on what I ride every day. You know. All right. Well, I know you're getting a new bike for 17. Uh, how much of that bike are you experiencing yet? Uh, I've ridden the new 17 halfway. It was like half. Uh, they're they're still working on getting everything together. It's a new bike, got a lot of new components and stuff, and Yamaha has really put a lot of work into making this bike a lot better in, in a lot of different ways, small and big. And so, uh, obviously, there's going to be some uh, time to get everything transitioned to full-on race bike, but it was it was really good. I, I really liked what I felt, um, and I can really see us being able to push this bike farther than the, the last bike, which is always good. We always want to be moving forward and, and going faster, and that's really exciting just to have you know some newness in, in the 600 class, and, and uh, Yamaha is always at the forefront of that game, so can't wait to, to race it you know, a couple, couple months from now. Absolutely, and we'll be seeing you at uh, the pre-test there at Coda. You've got a couple others before that time. MotoGP and uh, Moto America on uh, April 20th weekend, so we'll see you there. But uh, between now and then, what's your uh, what's your plan? What do you actually go through as you start ramping up towards season? I mean, I can't tell you all my secrets, but, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, riding a lot, uh, just focusing on on myself and not trying to think about too many many other things or other people and. Uh, that's that's been a, a big part of what works for me is just uh, trying to like stay in my in my home base and and focus on me and 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 focus on um, you know some mistakes I made last year and trying to you know improve on on those things. So for me, it's a lot mental and uh, still physical. Obviously, still doing a lot of training, uh, sure. riding my Scott bicycle, running, just you know whatever I can do to to be uh, physical and um, also training with my my trainer at uh, Finish First Fitness, Chase Bank that's been a big help um but yeah all those things combined and and obviously with riding and uh i'm actually building a flat track bike right now so i'm gonna be doing that a little bit um but with all those things like it's gonna uh be good for me to to it's gonna be good for me going into the into 2017 for the race season hey uh fantastic season stay healthy keep your fingers all in the right direction <laughs> we'll uh we'll be looking forward to you excited to see you come back and we'll certainly keep up with the testing i think jonathan green will catch up with you at some of the testing and we'll certainly see you around coda perfect sounds good can't wait all right, it's going to be fun to watch Motor America the next year, but Jonathan Green just let us know that he's got a guest down there in New Zealand with, from the Toyota Racing Series. Jonathan, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, I've got uh, Barry Thomason with me, who is the man responsible for bringing all these youngsters down, and in fact, over the last 12 years, has literally discovered the new talent uh, from around the world to bring to New Zealand. So I thought I'd put him on because um, he can tell you a little bit about um, how he chose this field and obviously a little bit more about the Americans. So uh, this is Barry Tomlinson. Hey, Barry, thanks for coming on Hello, Speed City. I appreciate it. Come on, thanks for coming on. I, uh, I'm very excited to talk to you because you've been uh, a part of this forever and, and put together an amazing series that uh, has produced so many amazing race drivers. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we've had um, uh, you know a great run for the last 12 or actually in our 13th season. So um, over the years, when we look back, the, the history we've created uh, with TRS or you know, and all the drivers that have come out of it is, it's you know, something very gratifying for us here down here in New Zealand. Well, it's been fun for us to follow it from here with Jonathan down there giving us all the scoop and uh, and uh, and now that we've got a couple of Americans down there, it's even uh, it makes it always fun to. To, to follow these guys, uh, have you been? Is this something you're trying to do? Is get some uh, get some more Americans involved? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I myself uh, used to work in, a, in America in an American racing scene uh, back in uh, a long time ago in the 80s and early 90s. And so I know the American scene pretty well. And, of course, it's been, um, you know, uh, quite tough times for their junior single-seater formulas and uh, over the recent years. And they've struggled to really bring on their, you know, people through the sport, I guess, from my perspective looking at it. But... Um, it seems there's a resurgence in single seaters and the you know new the new um, two litre car that's coming for this year and then uh, the new pro car for next year. They're very exciting cars and actually they're very very similar to the cars that you know we run in TRS. So I think we're going to see um, a lot more Americans coming our way just to, to do some training and um, you know I I um, young Corey Enders is. He's a very interesting young man. He's only uh, very, he's very very new. Um, in fact, pretty much a single seater rookie. But he's doing a great job down here in TRS, and I'm actually very impressed. Um, he's got great speed, and he's a really fast learner. And he had a little bit of an accident on the weekend, but I mean, in the end, that's what, what you come here for to, to learn and uh, to learn how to do it, and also how not to do it. Um, <laughs> so, and also. Yeah, and uh, Shelby Blackstock is, is doing a great job, and I know he's struggling a bit actually with qualifying. I think he races very well, but he's struggled in the qualifying, and I think he really um, he underestimated probably just how close it is here uh, in terms of the time between all of the cars. It's just so very, very close. So he's working really hard to improve on his qualifying, and I think if he can do that, then I think he's going to be a really strong racer. Well, Barry Tomlinson from the Toyota Racing Series, thank you so much for what you do to uh, to build that sport up. Yeah, and you said Corey Enders. He's right down the ro- from right down the road. He's from yeah, Houston. He's boy, a Texan. <laughs> He's a good old Texas boy, but uh, we're out of time. Barry, thank you so much for coming on Speed City. Best of luck with you guys down there, and uh, thank you for putting up with Mr. Green down there. <laughs> Keeping him out of jail. Yeah. Our <laughs> pleasure. Okay. Thanks, Barry. Bye now. Bye now. All right, now how's that? That's a fast trip around the world of motorsports. Yep, there you go. A fast trip and we're out of time. Thanks for tuning in to Speed City this week. Check us out on the website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Ciao, y'all. Talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law